Hey, all right, we're live here once again at the Jackie Jones Show here and in your head. That's right. So while you're here, give this video a like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon, not the internet icon, but the bell icon, and you'll get all the notifications every time me or me and the OIB are live. It's good times here. Every Tuesday night in your head, Myself and the one-inch biceps. And on here, Wednesday nights, following AEW Dynamite, the Jackie Jones Show. Come out here. I'm going to review AEW. Uh, join the Facebook page. Send in questions. I'll answer them. Or be here in the chat room like the man, Urius Tosh. He's always here. He's always prompt. First man to come. The first man to enter and the last man to leave. Urius Tosh. Jackie Jones, Hall of Famer. There's in your head Hall of Famers. Urias Tosh is the first Jackie Jones Show Hall of Famer. Just announced it here. Groundbreaking episode of the show. So, opens the show. This is the first Dynamite following Full Gear. You can listen to our Full Gear review over on In Your Head. I thought uh, I thought Full Gear was amazing. I thought Full Gear was the best um, pay-per-view uh, first pandemic, best pandemic pay-per-view. I thought it was uh, great. I really thought it was only one match that I didn't think was uh, great was the um, the Nyla Rose match, and I didn't even hate it or anything. I just didn't think it was that was that good. But uh, anyway, you can you can uh, go and check that out. A lot of tremendous stuff on that show. So I was really looking forward to this show. Following the pay-per-view, you get you know they'll start new feuds, continue uh, storylines that they started. We'll see where it goes. Bam! Opens up Taz calling out Darby Allen. Uh, Taz is a curious uh, thing to me because I don't mind him as a manager so much. I'm not a fan of his uh, him on commentary, and when he does commentary, knowing I'm just not a fan of it, I think it really takes away from him as as an effective manager because he's kind of calling back to the old ECW Taz where he's like the badass, and uh, it's even it's, – it's, it's kind of a role reversal where in Team Ta- – the original Team Taz, he had, all, he had all the guys bringing him to the ring. And now he's not the guy wrestling. He's, you know, the coach. He's the mentor. And so I kind of like that's a continuation of the old uh, Taz of ECW. But then he's on commentary, and even sometimes even on the promos he does this, but especially on commentary, he's real goofball and real silly – and then it, it really detracts to me for uh, when you're trying to take him as, like, you know, the serious uh, manager role. And I'm fine with comedy and wrestling, don't get me wrong. But uh, I think it's weird to have it so such a contrast there. But anyway, he's calling out Darby Allen, um, who's sitting up in the seats. I like this. I'm a big fan of Darby Allen. I'm glad to see he's the TNT champ now. Uh, I, you know, I know people get mad at the he deserves it chance and stuff like that, but I think he deserves it and it's warranted because very over. I don't, I do agree. Like you don't put a belt on somebody just because like they're a good guy or something. Like, hey, we does he deserve something like that? But I, to me, someone deserves it as if like they've gotten over and the crowd wants to see them there. So it's just a little. Uh, you don't want to put a belt on a uh, guy uh, just because they're a good dude. But anyway. Darby Allen up in seats. Uh, Brian Cage. So they call out. Uh, they say he's going to fight Matt Seidel. Um, this is a standalone match. I I would say it was it was good. Uh, the problem with it to me is you're building up to uh, Brian Cage uh, going for the title against Darby Allen. 
And this match is really to show that Brian Cage is a monster who will destroy a, a smaller, high-flying guy. And they had a really competitive match where Matt Seidel had a lot of offense, which in a match by itself in a vacuum is totally fine, or if this was a feud, it would be totally fine. But And I like Seidel, but really in this match, he's the afterthought. It's all about Brian Cage to get him uh, to the match with um, – I mean, not ready for him, but you establish him as this, you know, unbeatable monster uh, for when he fights um, Darby Allen for the title and Darby Allen's the ultimate underdog. So to have him in a competitive match with a smaller guy, I don't really understand uh, the benefit there. Um, I'm not as big on Cage as a lot of people are. I definitely don't think he's terrible or should be firing anything like that, but he is very green. Um, when he's fighting a smaller guy, it definitely works better. Uh, when he when he fought Hobbs, I thought it was pretty bad. Uh, I actually think he's a guy that should do a little less, and not because I think you know he takes too many bumps or anything, but I think he's very athletic. But he does he tries to do a lot of stuff he's not particularly good at. And I think it'd be better if he worked a little bit more like Wardlow. Like he could do some of the more athletic stuff, but Wardlow, uh, I think wrestles more as the traditional big guy. And Cage wrestles, you know, as a big guy's trying to do all the little guy's moves. And it doesn't always work for me. But, um, I mean, he looks cool. He looks cool. He doesn't have a – like, he has a presence standing there. But a lot of times when Taz is, like, cutting a promo, he just makes kind of goofy faces. He's just a really green guy. And again, I'm not saying he sucks by any means. But he does uh, – he needs to work on a lot of stuff. He's not really re- – I know people are saying like they should have put the title on him, but I, I, he's not ready for that. Um, it wasn't um, so match was fine. You could really see Cage also talking, you know, either calling spots or you know talking about the spots throughout the match. Uh, that kind of thing bothers me. It like, takes you out of the match. Um, but the finish was awesome. So he was um, Seidel was like kind of going for like the blockbuster, you know, kind of like um, uh. Buff Bagwell used to. That's what he looked like, where he's kind of jumping off the rope. You know, he's kind of going to give him like this. And uh, Cage, well, this should be Cage, Brock Lesnar. Cage just catches him in midair in a vertical suplex-like position. That was pretty impressive. That was pretty awesome. So, uh, a lot. There's a lot of benefits to Cage. Don't get me wrong. But um, so anyway, uh, then Ricky Starks uh, after the match uh, starts talking, cutting the promo. I don't know what to think of Ricky Starks. Part of me likes him, and part of me is annoyed by him, but but uh, he's a heel, so maybe that, that's a positive. Um, so then Cody Rhodes comes out, uh, big entrance, coming off kind of a he- really like a heel, which then leads into uh, almost a thing where it seems like he's going to be the baby face, which is a little peculiar, but... Uh, so this woman comes out, and I don't have the foggiest idea who she is. I don't know if I'm supposed to know. Even after I've seen everything, I don't know if I'm supposed to know. Do people know this woman from any – is she re- connected to Shaq some way? Is she that his girlfriend, his wife? I don't have the foggiest idea. I think her name was Jamie Cardio or Jane Cardio. I don't know. I, I, they, didn't, they didn't repeat her name. I don't know who she is. And uh, now she looks great, obviously, Uh you know, awesome condition, really, you know, hot, but a uh, horrible promo, really just terrible talker. Um, she had the shit bomb and then she kept making these references to giant killer. And I, again, I was lost. I didn't know where this was going. 
Um, I think I think they assume people knew on some level who she was. I didn't know. Uh, I think you should have got to the punchline sooner of who she's talking about because I had no idea. And leading up to it, I was just confused. So uh, I kept going about him being the giant killer. And then it's uh, Shaq, Shaq, which, I mean, that is a huge deal uh, for AEW to bring in Shaq. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Shaq. Um, have they really established Cody, though, as the giant killer? I know he beat Brody Lee. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm good with this as a potential feud. I think they could have found a better mouthpiece for uh, for uh, Shaq, for sure. I have no idea who this woman is. The um, Oh, and Brandy, who I'm normally not a fan of is on promos, um, she actually – this was, I think it was Brandy's best promo. She came out just really mad, the, you know, calling her a bitch. This was, this was good stuff uh, with Brandy. And I don't say it often, but brand new good promo. You stand up for man, Cody. Um, this led to uh, Team Taz and coming back out, Darby Allen coming in. So this was really a long segment of uh, of interaction of promos, which I kind of like though. It's got it, it gives a flow to the show. Um, Darby Allen has a thumbtacks jacket on, which I'm sure you know Jim Cornette will have a will go insane about blows brains out. But I thought it was pretty sweet, honestly. I'm a huge Darby Allen fan, so that was cool. Uh, then Big Will Hobbs, who he took his sweet old time getting out there, Big Will Hobbs. So, uh, in a way, the baby faces have three guys there. So, uh, unless Taz is going to wrestle in the six-man. I don't know. Uh, next up, uh, to me, was the match of the night. Uh, better better to me than the main event, which, you know, uh, maybe I'll be in the minority. I have no idea. But uh, Bunkhouse match. Uh, Blade and Butcher versus uh, the Nightmare Family, uh, or Nightmare Naturals, what they're, uh, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall, who uh, has really grown on me, QT Marshall. Uh, he's a good guy. And a really good team. Dustin, I think, is the best shape in years. And uh, I think you could have a main event run out of Dustin, to be honest. Uh, just a tremendous, just a great, really bloody um, physical hardcore match. This is the kind of stuff I like. I know Inchman. He, it's odd. I didn't think he was anti uh, hardcore. I think I honestly think Inchman is kind of a cornet puppet, where anything Cornette says he just repeats. But um, I'm half kidding. But the uh, but I do think there's a lot of that. But uh, yeah, I personally like hardcore matches when they're when they're done well. Uh, people call them garbage matches, but to me, that's uh, only if like the guys have no talent and they're just hitting their, themselves with stuff. But if they're talented, I mean, Mick Foley is one of my favorite wrestlers, and you know that's the kind of stuff he did. Um, yeah, awesome. Lots of great, uh, uh, great you know plunder. Uh, I'll be honest, great, great blood. Uh, Blade, just the the crimson mask. He had like dark red, bright bright red blood. Looked great. Um, they 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 knocked a bunny through the table. It was uh, just good stuff. Uh, my favorite match of the night. And then you had uh, and it built built well to the finish. And you had uh, QT and uh, and Dustin uh, get the win. And this you know a few they've been building to for a while, uh, building for a while. So yeah, it worked. Um, I think apparently there's some stuff wrong with uh, YouTube, so it might this might shut off. But I'm recording it, so whenever you're watching this, I'm sorry for the live, but it's not just the channel; it's YouTube itself. 
Um, so then we had the inner circle induction ceremony. Uh, their music was pretty awesome when he came out. Are you ready uh, to rock and roll with me? I don't know if this is a real song or not. I'm not really familiar, but it was uh, like a classic. It sounded like a classic '80s metal, uh, '80s hair band. I was I was into it. Uh, MJF did a poem for Proud and Powerful. Apparently, they they took he took it uh, from from Drake. I want to say I don't know. I know you're surprised, but I'm not a big uh, hip hop guy. No, I, I look it. Uh, so then Secret Speaker Surprise was a surprise birthday party for Jericho. This was fun. I liked it. Uh, they're building, you know, they're building up where Jericho's like, you get, you guys got to accept MJF. Most of them besides Hagar doesn't want MJF in the group. My opinion, I've been saying this ever since they even hinted at it. And I think a lot of people now are saying it. But look back in the archives. Jackie Jones was the first one to say this. It's going to lead to MJF is going to become the new leader of the inner circle, Jericho babyface. Jericho babyface run gives them all these new matchups. People sing along to a song. They want to love them. It works. Totally works for me. Uh, So uh, Young Bucks hit a promo. They're the new tag champs, by the way. Uh, And they're going to wrestle a team called Top Flight. I'm not not familiar with them. I guess they wrestled on Dark. I'm not – I don't know a lot about them. I should keep up with Dark. Um. Sean Spears for Scorpio Sky. I'm actually a fan of both these guys. And hey, what's going on here? Uh, so they, I love AEW, but I do think so, sometimes they'll push certain guys, um, but then they take them off TV for a while, and then you then you don't see them for a bit, and uh, and then they're back on. So unfortunately, um, so they're kind of like start and stop pushes for both these guys. A lot of times it seems like they're really going uh, heavy with Scorpio Sky, and then he's just not showcased at all for a while. And a lot of, and the same way with uh, Sean Spears, I think to a lesser degree. But well, he did have that really. Hard- so sorry, there's uh, some problems here on uh, YouTube. So anyway, uh, the Sean Spears match. Sean uh, Spears wins when Tully uh, throws in the um, he throws in like a like a piece of metal, and he puts it in the. Um, in the palm of his uh, glove and hits him like this, which uh, they didn't really bring attention to, but it was interesting because he didn't put it as a fist, which um, I think you can punch now in wrestling, so I don't know why you need to do that. But either way, uh, I like it. It's kind of old school thing. Um, I was really surprised, though, because I thought Scorpio Sky would win, but they did tease that he also threw it to Scorpio Sky. So I don't – you know, is Scorpio Sky going to eventually – Join with Tully, we'll see. Maybe that could be uh, the group. I could see that uh, working maybe Scorpio Sky with um, with Tully. Uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, they go back to Dasha, who's supposed to be interviewing Kenny Omega, and uh, apparently he ran off. So uh, Alex Marvez runs him down out in the parking lot and um, talks about uh, their upcoming match. It's match with uh, for the title with Moxley, uh, and then uh, Red Velvet comes out and they they announce her from Yo Mama's Kitchen. No, it's not good for me. But anyway, uh, she's with Brandy versus Ty Conti. Ty Conti, that's not a good name. That's like right out of NXT when they just pick these bizarre names. Um, I thought, well, they did tease at the end. I thought they already joined the Dark Order, but you know they're teasing that they're with the Dark Order. I've got to be honest, like, I don't think this match was, like, horrible. It wasn't good either, but um, they're just, like, not ready for, for television yet. These both uh, 
should be like um, if they had a developmental. Maybe keep them on dark till they're ready. It just, uh, I mean, I think both of them have potential to, you know, to be fine. But uh, they boot. They both have nice booties. Ty Conti's really nice booty. Uh, inner circle promo. Uh, this was fun. Um, so uh, apparently MJF is saying that he did text everyone that they were doing the thing, but uh, Sammy said he only texted him out to the beach, so he wasn't there. But he still had the ticket for them all to fly to uh, Vegas. Uh, I liked um, Jericho's line about uh, old Vegas. Uh, he's like, uh, you're probably in old Vegas uh, playing Go Fish with uh, Bill Apter. He said that to uh, Alex Marvin. Uh, no, to Tony Schiavone, I think. Uh, Eddie Kingston uh, promo says he's got. I've got to live with saying I quit, but I'll never stop, and I will be champion. Uh, he looks like a tough guy, amazing promo guy. Looks like a tough guy when he's in street clothes. I love Eddie Kingston, but just wrestle in street clothes because he looks terrible in uh, in wrestling gear. I mean, you could see the big belly, and he's not in good shape. Um. But in the street clothes, it, you, it, I would not think he's a, like he's got a belly at all. So, uh, But the, the wrestling gear really showcases it. Um, to me, personally, I have no idea why this was a match, uh, Phoenix versus Penta. Like, I understood the first time because it was a tournament. But I didn't understand what the rematch, why there was a rematch. Like, did they either one get a title? Like, there was no reason for it. It was just they're having a match because they know they're going to have a good match. And apparently, I know Al Oob said in the in the uh, Facebook that it did like a, a good buy rating, and not buy rating, a good uh, TV rating. But then I mean, that's not a re- that's a good reason to do another match. But you have to have a storyline reason. You can't just they just have a match for the main event. No, that didn't work for me. But uh, you know, match wise, it's good. Um, you know, basically telling the story of Eddie breaking up the brothers again. You can tell that story, but there has to be a reason why these guys are fighting. I think. Uh, you should have, you know, promised him something, something. Because um, why are they fighting each other? I know he's manipulating them, but but how did he get them to do it? Like, what was what was their – why would they be fighting each other right now? Um, and then afterwards, he's like, you don't need the dead weight. Both of them are ripping each other's masks off. Uh, you're saying you don't need the dead weight, trying to split up the team. Uh, now came Pac. Uh, the Bastards. So that was cool. So they're going to do a feud probably to keep the uh, Lucha Bros together. Uh, that works for me. My only problem is, though, I would totally reverse uh, the dynamics here because Eddie, can, Eddie Kingston has really gotten him got over to me as a babyface because he has so much sympathy for him. And you really have the emotion um, knowing that, you know, he's given his whole life to wrestling. He wants to become champion. He's uh, struggled on the Indies. He retired. He came out, you know, he's going to retire. He came out of retirement to continue his dream. Now he's finally in the, in the big leagues. And then he had to, he had to say, I quit. There's like real emotion there. Total baby face. The fans would be totally behind this guy. I think as if, you know, when they had the crowds there uh, and Pac is a natural heel. So instead of, this was almost a WWE thing to me because, like, they have a guy, to me, that the crowd wants to cheer, and they're going out of their way trying to make the crowd turn on him by him breaking up the the, uh, the Lucha Bros. Instead of doing that, just run with it. They want – you know, he's gotten – all the stuff he said, he's gotten over as a sympathetic character. Run with that. 
Pac's a natural heel. Run with that. So uh, to me, it's just a, they really should flip-flop uh, the baby face and heel there. Uh, besides that, I, I, I am uh, into that feud. I don't know what happens, you know, but that's part of the fun of watching wrestling or any, any storytelling is, you know, to f- see where it plays out. So uh, I thought it was a good show. Uh, it's not my, wasn't my favorite episode of Dynamite. Um, I love the, um, the bunkhouse match. Uh, I liked a lot of Darby Allen, you know, uh, build up stuff. The, uh, the promo is terrible with the, with um, Sir Jane Cardio, I think her name is. That was pitiful. Um, the women's match wasn't very good. Inner circle stuff was fine. Sean Spears, Scorpio Sky match was good. Um, nothing like blow away or anything. Uh, so real, uh, I'm not as big probably in the Penta Phoenix match as a lot of people were, uh, are they're probably, you know, I'm not really into Lucha stuff. Um, so yeah, Bunkhouse match was the, definitely the highlight for me. Um, yeah, I'd probably uh, say it's a, uh, didn't live up probably to my expectations really of the sh- after the pay-per-view, but, uh, it's still, you know, uh, an enjoyable show. So anyway, I'll be back next week. Talk about AEW Dynamite. See what's going on. Maybe we'll see Shaq next week. And uh, tune in Tuesday for In Your Head. And tomorrow night, Thursday, on Without Your Head, David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown from Terrifier and the upcoming Terrifier 2. All right. I am out of here. Good night, everyone.